How's everybody doing today? Everybody's good? All right, I like it. Uh, just a thought. We're having this movie night, something for the family so all the kids can enjoy it. I was thinking that what we should do is as soon as, as, soon as the movie's over, we'll put the kids to bed and then we'll show Die Hard afterwards for the adults. So we all, so all the men can have a Christmas movie that they'll enjoy. <laughs> just kidding, sort of. I go home watch it on Netflix that night. Hey, it's good to see you today, and I'm really excited about God's Word. I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right into the Word. In a few minutes, we're going to read from Matthew chapter 8. We'll have some other verses we look at as well, but we're going to start in Matthew 8 if you want to turn there and you've got a Bible to get a head start. Everybody knows we live in a world of sickness, disease, pain, and I think now, because of the last few years, we also live in a world where there's the constant fear of sickness and disease and pain. And in our world, I think sometimes we as believers have to ask the question, what does God say about all of this? What does God say about the sickness, the pain, and the disease? Well, let's begin today in Matthew chapter 8, and let's look at the ministry of Jesus in Matthew 8, it starts out with Jesus healing a leper. Now keep in mind, leprosy in that day was incurable. Lepers were cast out and only the power of God could cleanse them. And then they were commanded to go show themselves to the priest so the priest could examine them and say, yes, you are clean, you are healed, you can go back and live among society. But Jesus heals a leper that day as he lays hands on him and makes him whole. A little bit later, it seems, probably the same day, Jesus enters into Capernaum and a centurion, a, a leader in the army, if you will, a man who's in, in authority. He's under authority, but he's in authority over a lot of soldiers. He comes to Jesus and says, would you heal my servant? He didn't come on his own behalf. Would you heal my servant who's so sick, even unto death? And Jesus said, yes, I'll come to your house and heal him. And Jesus says, or, or the, the servant, the centurion rather, says to Jesus, no, no, you don't need to come to my house. I understand authority and you have authority to do this. All you need to do is speak the word and he will be healed. And Jesus said, wow, that's great faith. So he went home and the servant was healed. And then Jesus goes to Peter's house. And he arrives at Peter's house and we find that Peter's mother-in-law is very sick. She has a high fever. And Jesus goes in, touches her, and heals her. And the fever leaves, and she's made well. And then we get to verse number 16. And here's why I want to begin to read. In this normal day in the ministry of Jesus, that's how he lived. That's how his ministry was. Healing to healing to healing to teaching to healing to healing to miracle to teaching. Verse number 16. When evening had come... They brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. Notice those words. He didn't pick and choose. Didn't say maybe, perhaps. He healed all who were sick. Verse 17. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying... He himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. I want to pause here for a moment. 
It's interesting that Jesus is doing all these healing miracles. And at the end of the day, when all the dust settles and so many people have been healed and it's just another day in the ministry of Jesus, the writer here says all of this happened to fulfill the words of Isaiah. He took our sickness, our disease, our infirmities, and he brought healing into our lives. This morning, it wasn't all scripted this way, but how many of you know that God has a sense of humor? We sang a lot of songs today about God's power and God's ability to heal. Today, I want to talk to you a few minutes about Christ, our healer. The writer here refers to Isaiah's prophetic view of Jesus. So I want to go there, Isaiah 53. And if you don't have the Bible, we'll have the verses on the screen. Here's what the writer was talking about. 700 years before Jesus comes along, Isaiah sees a prophetic view of the cross. He writes it down, Isaiah 53. I'm going to jump into the middle of what he says, but verse number 4, Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs, our griefs. If you look in the original writings, one of the words for griefs is actually the interpretation is disease. Disease, our sickness. Surely he's borne our disease and he's carried our sorrows. The word sorrow is more accurately translated pain. So he's bore our diseases and our pain. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Let me just pause for a moment right here before we read the next verse. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Why would God show Isaiah this picture hundreds of years before Jesus would even come along? It's to tell us something's coming that's special. And when it arrives, it's going to bring wholeness into our lives. But there's a price that's paid for all of this. Verse 17 says, He himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. Isaiah 5, 5, or, uh, yes, Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, the word stripes means to be bound with stripes, to be bruised, to be wounded. By his stripes, we are healed, we're mended, we're cured. I want to submit this to you this morning. As you read these words from the ministry of Jesus and the prophetic words of Isaiah 53... We need to understand that Jesus went to the cross to bring healing to every part of our lives, including our physical bodies. It was a price he paid for us. And I want to ask you this morning, where does our salvation come from? It comes from the cross and what Jesus did there. And as we read these verses, I have to ask you the next question. Where does our healing come from? It comes from the same cross and the same place where Jesus purchased our salvation you see jesus suffered crucifixion to purchase our salvation he also took stripes upon his back and his sides and his body to purchase our healing now for the next few minutes i want you to understand my desire today is not to argue the will of god to heal it's not my purpose this morning I'm not here to argue theology with anybody, but I am here to encourage your faith 
towards God. I'm here to encourage your faith because we know, we know, we know God still heals. And if God still heals, why couldn't God heal me? It's a sad commentary that in our church world today, so many Christians have been taught to trust Jesus to be their Savior based on what he did on the cross, but they've not been taught that this same Jesus is also their healer based on what he did on the cross. We tend to scale it back and cause it to mean mental and emotional and spiritual, but we miss the point that he took stripes on his body to bring healing to our bodies. That's Old Testament writings, Isaiah 53. Peter quotes it in his epistle in the New Testament, 1 Peter 2.24. It says, who himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed, cured, made whole. You see, the cross purchases healing for every area of our lives. So if Jesus is our Savior, he can also be our healer. We claim Jesus as our Savior. We claim him as our Lord. But do we also say and believe that Jesus is also my healer? You see, our belief about healing should be as strong as our belief about salvation and forgiveness of sin because they they flow from the same cross and the same act of Jesus on the cross. So I ask you the question this morning. In your mind, is Jesus some people's healer or is Jesus your healer? Do you claim him as my healer? When I was a little kid, I was about 10 years of age, maybe 11. I remember one time I got really, really, really sick. I mean, I was very sick. I ran a high fever. I had a serious throat infection. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. For three or four days, I mean, I was as sick as I'd ever been in my entire life. And I remember laying in the bed, and finally my my parents reached the place where we've got to do something. He's not getting better. Everything we've tried, it's not working out. We've got to find out what's wrong with him. But it was in the evening time. It was getting late in the evening. And my mom had two uncles who happened to be visiting in town. And when I say my mom's uncles, that would make them quite a bit older than me because they were older than my mom. And so my two uncles, my mom calls them up and said, we need you to come over here. We need to pray for this boy. He is really, really sick. And I don't think I'd ever been that sick in my entire life. And I was just in so much pain. I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything. My throat was all swollen. And my two uncles come over, my mom's uncles, these old country boys from down in Arkansas, they come over to the house. They're not pastors. They're not on staff at a church. But they've seen the power of Jesus from the time they were little boys. And they walked into that room. And they laid hands on me. And they began to pray. And it was like all of a sudden as they prayed, heaven just came down. And I mean, they lifted their voices. And they cried out to God on my behalf. And immediately, immediately, the fever began to break. The swelling began to go down. And by the next morning, I was completely well and healed because Jesus touched my body. Now, I want to drive this home, okay? As serious as as it was, as sick as I was, 
I learned a lesson from that. And I don't care who you are. I don't care which Bible school you went to. You can't tell me Jesus is not a healer because I felt the healing touch of his hand. He is still a healer. But there's so much confusion. So much confusion in the church world about Christ, the healer. When we speak of Christ the Savior, the church world is so positive. But when it comes to Christ the healer, we can be so quiet, so unengaged, even sometimes toxic and anti-faith. Did you know when you see the word in the New Testament, unbelief, and Jesus talked about unbelief. When Jesus talked about unbelief, literally unbelief means anti-faith. I don't believe God. I don't believe God. I don't believe God. And sometimes, you know, I've heard Christian people talk about healing, and they are so anti-faith, don't believe God, don't trust God. He's a Savior, but maybe he just wants you to sit there and suffer the rest of your life. Let me tell you something. Christ is my healer. And we need to claim him as such. And when we, when we discuss God's power to heal, I'm going to get down to where we live, Okay. I'm going to get down to where we, we all live for just a couple of minutes here. We've got things planned, and i got to move fast today, but stay with me. When we discuss God's power to heal, many people are confused because we ask the wrong question. People get confused because they ask the wrong question. And the question that I often hear is, is it God's will to heal everyone? Well, then why isn't everybody healed? That's always what you hear. Well, is it really God's will to heal everyone? And if you say yes, they say, well, then why isn't everyone healed? I have the answer to that question. I don't know. <laughs> now, I, I tell you what I could do. I could, I could do a whole series, two, three, four Sundays. I could preach, teach right out of God's word many reasons why people are not healed. I can show you from Scripture. But in individual cases, I don't know why some people aren't healed. But you know what? God is not willing that anyone would die in their sin. Stay with me. First, or Second Peter chapter 3 says, God is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So if God is willing that everyone would come to him, everyone would come to the cross... Well, when you come to the cross, you find not only forgiveness, but you also find healing for your body. So if God's not willing that anyone would perish, why would God be willing for anyone to just go through life maimed? Now, stay with me. Well, okay, but why? I don't know why. Well, what about this? I don't know why. What about this? I don't know why. But it doesn't change God, and it doesn't change God's word. God's word is still true. Jesus is our healer. See, we ask the question, well, is it God's will to heal everybody? That's the wrong question. The right question is, why wouldn't God heal me? Why wouldn't God heal me? Let me give you four quick reasons. This is not the whole series, okay? This is just a capsule. Let me give you four thoughts this morning. Just, just get your wheels turning here. Because I can, I can teach this straight out of Scripture. One of the reasons why we struggle with healing is... We're living a lifestyle that's embracing sin and ungodliness, and then we wonder why God doesn't get involved in our lives. Jesus talked about it. 
Sometimes my willingness to stay in sin interferes with God's ability to move in my life. A second reason, unforgiveness in my heart. Everybody smile at me. I know nobody in here has ever struggled with unforgiveness besides me, but let me tell you how it works. Sometimes when somebody offends me, it's hard to turn loose of it. Jesus said, if I have unforgiveness in my heart towards people, it blocks the flow of forgiveness from God, and God's not going to hear my prayer while I'm carrying unforgiveness in my heart. That can interfere with healing. Third thing, this is good right here. Some people don't understand the difference between miracles and healings. See, we tend to think all healings are just instantaneous. That's miraculous. That's a miracle. Many healings, just by virtue of the word itself, healing oftentimes is a process, a gradual process started by the hand of God. Now, let let me illustrate this to you. If you were really, really sick, and you went to the doctor, and it, it was a sickness, a disease that could lead to death. And you went to the doctor, and the doctor said, okay, we're going to start treating you. So, so tomorrow we're going to start this, this treatment. So you come back the next day, they give you the first treatment. And if you're not healed instantaneously, are you going to walk away and say, well, forget you. You're not able to make me well. Well, because healing oftentimes is a process. And see, some people come forward for healing and say, oh, I want God to heal me. God, please, for he- please heal me. And if it doesn't, ding, 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 and they don't feel electricity go through their body, they walk away and say, well, I guess God's not going to heal me. Misunderstanding that just because you don't get an instantaneous miracle doesn't mean God's not going to begin a healing process in your body. This is good. This is good. Now, fourth thing, i got to move fast. Fourth thing is an absence of faith. I don't believe Christ is my healer. I don't believe he's going to. He could, and I know he, he, he might for some people, but I don't believe he's going to do it for me. It becomes a faith issue. And I want to deal with this last little piece for a few minutes. I don't stick my nose into people's individual faith struggles. I've known people who have great faith Faith so much greater than mine that they say things and they believe things that as far as I'm concerned, man, I don't know. That's between you and God. On the other hand, I've known people who have almost no faith towards believing God for anything. All I want to do with people who are struggling is to encourage their faith to believe God's word. That's my job. I'm not God. God is God. But it's my responsibility to build your faith and grow your faith and tell you that Jesus is still a healer today and we need to trust him for our healing. There's a story in Mark 5, and I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to go through it real fast. Very familiar story if you've been in church a long time. There was this woman in Mark 5 who was very sick. For 12 years, she had been hemorrhaging, losing blood. For 12 years, she had been hemorrhaging. She went to every doctor in town, but she only got worse, and her condition deteriorated. Her health was going away. But it says that she heard about Jesus. Mark chapter 5, verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, notice what she did. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed 
of the affliction. Now, stay here just a moment because I want to walk you through this. This woman comes believing Jesus can heal her. She touches his garment and all of a sudden, Scripture says, virtue, power, life flowed out of the body of Jesus. Now, you've got to see the picture. This is an interruption in Jesus' day. This was not in the plan. He's on his way to Jairus' house because Jairus' daughter is very, very sick. He's going to heal her. And all of a sudden, there's this interruption because Jesus stops and looks around and says, Who touched me? And the disciples said, Man, there's this big crowd. There's a mob around you. Everybody's touching you. Everybody's wanting to get a piece of Jesus. Everybody, everybody wants to get Jesus' picture on, put it on Instagram. Hey, I was with him today. I saw him. Everybody wants to get close. What do you mean, who touched me? And Jesus said, no, 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 no. This is different. It wasn't the hand of flesh. It was the hand of faith. Because already virtue has flown out of my body. And somebody is receiving a healing. And all of a sudden, this woman comes forward and tells him the whole story. And I want you to pick it up with me. Verse number 34. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Can I just describe to you what faith does? See, we talk about faith, and a lot of people think faith's between your ears or faith's down here. Well, some of it's here and some of it's here. But real faith is what causes us to act towards God and position ourselves to receive from God. Here's what this woman did. She heard that Jesus was in town. He's a healer. He's a miracle worker. So she sat down in her rocking chair on her front porch and she said, well, if it's really God's will to heal me, then God will come find me and he'll do this and he'll do this and he'll do this. It's totally out of my hands. That's what would happen in 2023. Except it would be a recliner probably with a vibrator on it. No, when she heard about Jesus, she heard her faith arose. She said, if I can touch him, I'll be whole. She went to find him. She pushed her way through the crowd. And she said, I've got to get close enough to just touch his clothes. And when she touched the clothes of Jesus, suddenly power began to flow from God. And sometimes we sit back and we say, well, you know, faith is no big deal. Let me tell you something. Faith is absolutely a big deal. It's absolutely a big deal. Doubt is the opposite of faith. Unbelief is anti-faith. Faith is a big deal. Acting, believing God not only can, but God will. It's a big deal. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I'm getting down to the end of my message. Because we're going to do a song in a few minutes. I'm going to pray today. But let me, let me just... Go with this for a moment. Have you ever really looked closely at the ministry of Jesus? Have you really read through the Gospels looking for faith? Here's what you find. There's a blind guy named Bartimaeus. Jesus came to town, and as he passed by, Bartimaeus sat in the crowd yelling and screaming, Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. People are saying, be quiet, be quiet. No, 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 no. He cries out the louder, Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. You know what that was? That was his faith in action. That was his faith. Ten lepers from a distance cried out to Jesus. And Jesus spoke the word and said, go show yourself to the priests. And it says, as they went, they were made whole. It was their faith in action. 
These guys brought a paralyzed guy to Jesus one day and they couldn't get in the house where Jesus was. So they climbed up on top of the house and they tore up the roof and they let this guy down in front of Jesus. And Jesus saw their faith and he forgave the man and then healed him and raised him up off that sick bed. It was because of faith. The centurion servant we mentioned earlier Jesus said, I've never seen such great faith because he said, you don't need to come to my house. Just speak the word. And I know that when you speak the word, my servant will be made whole. That's great faith. Talking about Jairus' daughter. This woman interrupts the procession. As soon as the procession is stopped and Jesus finishes talking with this woman, they come and bring news. Jairus, leave Jesus alone. Your daughter has died. But Jesus says, let's keep going. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. Even when it looks impossible, Jesus said, only believe. When Jesus arrives at the house, they're mourning and weeping and crying because this young girl is dead. And Jesus says, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. And boy, they mock him. They scorn him. I'm sure the religious people were there. Ah, nah, 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 nah. On and on and on it goes. So Jesus goes into the little girl's room and he takes Peter, James, and John. And he says, kick everybody else out of the house. I don't want anti-faith in the house. I only want people who believe. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus takes her by the hand and raises her up. And she comes back to life. Let me tell you something. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is our healer. And Jesus wants you to know he will be your healer. You can trust him. You can trust him. In just a moment, the worship team's going to all come on out and get in place because I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship God with one more song this morning. But I want to read the last verse, Matthew 15. I think this sets up this moment. Matthew 15, at another closing of a day here's what happens Matthew 15 verse 30 it says then great multitudes came to Jesus having with them the lame the blind the mute the maimed and many others all kinds of sick people notice this and they laid them down at Jesus feet and he healed and he healed him. In just a moment, we're going to do something together. We're going to lay our sicknesses at the feet of Jesus and let God be God in our lives. Let me tell you something. God doesn't need me to defend him. He can defend himself. But when I preach God's word, it becomes God's responsibility to honor his word, not mine. It becomes your responsibility and my responsibility to rise up in faith and reach out and say, God, I believe and I want to receive my healing today. That becomes our responsibility. So as the worship team comes out, I'm going to ask everyone to stand to your feet. Everybody in the building, stand to your feet. I'm going to tell you something interesting. If you study the ministry of Jesus, we don't see any record of Jesus praying for people and going through a 45-minute routine or a 45-second routine. Jesus would just say, be healed, be healed, be healed. I want to pray a quick prayer this morning, quick prayer to just set up the moment.
And then I'm going to ask you to take your needs, lay them at the feet of Jesus, and let him work in your life. Let him work in your life. You see, my faith, I'm not responsible for your life and your faith. You are. I'm not responsible for anybody else. My faith may not change anybody else, but my faith can touch God and receive. So here's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. Then the worship team's coming out, and we're just going to sing a song that says, Christ is my healer, and we're going to worship God and thank Him. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you need healing in your body today, maybe healing in your mind, healing in some area of life, I want you to get your hands out right in front of you right now, and I want you to take that need, and I want you to lay it at the feet of Jesus, okay? Father, we come to you right now. And God, we're believing you. We believe your word is true. We believe you are not just a healer. We believe you're my healer. You're our healer today. You're Christ. You paid the price for our healing. So in the name of Jesus, Father, I speak over this congregation today and I say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. God, we lay all of this at your feet and we say that you are our healer and we are healed in the name of Jesus of Jesus. Now right there where you are, just lift your hands, begin to worship God, praise God in your own way, your own words. Just thank God for his healing power. Father, we thank you this morning. We glorify you. We honor you today. Thank you, Father. And oh, that rugged cross the selfless pain he bore he breathed his final breath that i would be restored by his body that was broken precious blood freely shed the spotless lamb of heaven has forever
moment right now, I want to do something that's a little bit different and a little bit challenging. But as we're standing in this room together, I was talking to our pastors this morning about healing. And there's more than just physical healing. There's spiritual needs. There's physical needs. And in this room right now, there's people that really need breakthrough. They need chains broken. They need physical healing. They need spiritual healing. And so as we stand here today, we're going to sing this song. I know it's brand new to you, but in the verse that we're singing next, it says, Everything bows at his name. And I'm going to challenge our church right now. Wherever you're at, if you can just bow to your knees or sit down, it may be different and it may be challenging for you, but let me tell you this. This is not a sign of weakness, but it is a sign of strength and honor. So if you're going through something right now, I'm also going to invite our prayer teams up at the front. If our prayer teams can come up to the front, and if there's people that need prayer right now, I know it's going to be a little bit loud, but we're going to finish really soon. You guys can come up and get prayer. You guys can pray for those around you. If you know that people need physical healing or if they need spiritual healing, we're going to bow at him and we're going to sing this together. And we're going to believe that he is our healer, that no matter what our background has been, no matter what we've thought, that he can heal and he is faithful. So would you sing this with us? Everything bows at his name, and everything bows at his name. Sickness, darkness, chains break at the name of Jesus. Come on, and everything bows at his name, and everything bows at his name. Sickness, darkness, chains break at the name of Jesus. Come on, we sing that over our life. We sing. And everything bows at his name. And everything bows at his name. Sickness, darkness, chains break at the name of Jesus. Yes, we sing. Oh, 
God praise together this morning right there where you are. Father, we worship you. We honor you. We glorify you today. We receive your healing. We receive your power into our lives. We thank you that healing is happening all over this building in people's lives. In Jesus' name, we praise you for that today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For one more moment. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've listened to this and you've heard me talking about the cross. Maybe you've never come to the cross and said, I need a Savior. I need to experience God's presence. I need forgiveness from my past. Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus, but today you've listened to this message and you realize, I need that Jesus in my life. I want to lead you in a prayer right now and give you an opportunity to trust Jesus, to become your Savior and the Lord of your life. So if you would wrap your heart around these words right now and around this prayer. Father, I need you. And God, I come to you now and I ask for your help. I believe Jesus died for my sin. And I ask you that his blood would be applied to my life. That you would cleanse me. Cleanse me. That he died in my place and you would give me life because of his death. From this moment forward, I ask you to teach me your ways. I want to learn to let Jesus become the Lord of my life. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want you to be my father and I'll be your child. So thank you for calling me. Thank you for receiving me today. I respond to you in faith. And I say Jesus is my savior. He's the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I ask this. Amen. Okay, last two little things. At the end of service, our prayer teams will be here at the front. They're here to pray with anyone for any need. I want to encourage you today. If, if you're facing something drastic and you're struggling with it, come let these folks pray with you. I promise you. It's written in God's word. James wrote these words. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. These people are here to pray prayers of faith with you today. But the other thing is this. If you opened your heart to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord today, we want to help you begin your journey. We've got a little booklet called The Next Seven Days. The prayer teams each have these booklets. You can come forward and ask them for it. They'll give it to you, no strings attached. If you're in a big rush, out in the lobby, right in the middle of the glass doors where you exit, you can get the same booklet there. There's a counter set up at the screen. You'll see it the next seven days. We simply want to help you get started walking with God. Hey, we love you today. Thank you, everybody, for being here. I want to dismiss quietly today because I know people are still praying. If you want prayer, come forward. If you just want to sit there and pray for a few minutes, that's fine, too. God bless you. We love you. Go today knowing Jesus is our healer. God bless you today.